720 WGN. School swatting is, well, not really a new trend, but it's becoming more prevalent. It's certainly making headlines in the 23, that would be the 22 and 23 school year. It just seems to be mounting. So from mid-September of 2022 to March 31st, the National Association of School Resource Officers logged 153 media reports of school swatting in 42 states. And it happened on August 30th in District 300. I wanted to talk about it because you see it in the headlines, but what happens after and how do you manage it? Dr. Susan Harkin is Community Unit District 300 Superintendent. Thank you for joining us, Doctor. Thank you, Lisa. So the, the cost, I was reading in Washington State, they got hit with 174 in one year. The cost was well into the millions. And even Carpentersville Police Chief Todd Shaver said that at least 20 of the department's officers were on the scene, dozens of officers from 20 other law enforcement agencies. He said the cost of man hours for the department alone is in the thousands. But for you, you're witness to the emotional toll. So tell us what happened and what has happened since? Sure. So um, just a little background. Uh, we had a late start that day. And uh, right as our students were starting to arrive at our campus, we received a phone call in our building that indicated that someone was going to do a shooting at the school. Um, fortunately, our staff knows what to do in those situations and immediately put the school on lockdown um, and did our code red uh, security measures. We also had um, found out later that there were also two phone calls into 911 um, with similar threats. Um, and so we um, immediately just went into what we would typically do, but the complication to it was uh, we had students that were arriving via walking to our schools, arriving on our buses, and so we had probably about 1,500 students in school and 1,000 still arriving. So this was at Dundee Crown High School on August 30th, and in case you're not familiar with swatting, swatting occurs when a caller phones in a fake report of violence or a threat of violence in the hopes of drawing a large police presence, causing chaos. And, of course, I would imagine at that point, many of your students, especially those on the bus, get on the phone and text their parents, right? Absolutely. So certainly, you know, the chain of, you know, people communicating with others becomes pretty rampant in that situation um, because certainly, you know, the worst thing that could happen in any school district is this type of event, whether it's real or not real. And so, and we have to take all of them very seriously. And so absolutely, we all at every level, whether it was the law enforcement, first responders to the school district, to our staff at the building, we all were all hands on deck, ready to be prepared to support our students if it truly was a threat. And earlier the same week, two phony bomb threats were called in at Elgin, South Elgin High School as well. I don't know what we do to combat it. I was reading into it, and they say some of these calls originate out of a country in Africa, that people are actually buying the call for 75 bucks or 100 bucks, and it's disrupting schools, and not just schools, but libraries. And the, the kids, they... Yeah, it's a code red that has to have an emotional impact on them. 100%. So, you know, for us, you know, safety is the 
biggest factor of what we look at to ensure our students are prepared to learn for our schools. So on multiple levels, right, it was a lost instruction day. No instruction took took place. And there's never enough instructional days in the years to make sure our students get the resources and education they deserve. But certainly, you know, that next day, and so it happened on a Wednesday, um, that day was a lost day. We had no instruction that took place. And then the next Thursday and Friday, we're really focused on making sure we got kids back in school, assessing whatever they needed from a social-emotional perspective, making sure that they had the resources to get back to learning. Um, certainly conversations in the classroom that day to the extent that students were there. Um, we certainly uh, want to do everything in our power to address what those concerns are and make sure our kids know that they're safe because one of the foundational levels to ensure our students are ready to learn is that they're in an emotional state and a, and a, and a whole, whole being state that allows them to do so. And Carpentersville police had cleared the building, confirmed the school was indeed a victim of a swatting call. They had determined it had come out of a out-of-state number with no ties to Dundee Crown. And then is that it? Is there no more investigation? Is there any way for the FBI or local authorities, any level of authority to determine who makes these calls and make sure that they're charged? So we're um, understanding that it's still an ongoing investigation. Um, we The number that was uh, we received the call on was very similar to the South Elgin number. So back to your point, it appears that there is some correlation to something of similar nature, and it isn't unique, unfortunately, to District 300. So yes, it's still an ongoing investigation, and we can't share a whole lot about what happened with the hopes that, right, no other school district, no other students should have to go through this, no other school should have to go through this. It's a... Uh... It's a very serious issue, and is there a message you would like to share with parents? Because I know as a parent, no longer with a child in school, but if I got that that text message, I would want to rush to school, and that might not be the best thing to do, right? Right. So certainly, you know, just know that when our your students, anyone's students are in our hands, we do and are trained to make sure that we can properly handle the situation. But definitely as a parent myself who had students that graduated from Dundee Crown High School, I understand, you know, that level of concern for their students. But absolutely, in the height of the emergency, while it's frustrating and people want answers, you know, know that we're focused on making sure that we're doing what we need to do to make sure the safety measures are in place for all of the students. There's roughly 2,500 students at Dundee Crown High School. And so we really need to focus our energy and, and attention, whether it's a real or a, 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 a hoax, you know, real threat or a hoax, we really need to make sure that we're putting our attentions, which is following our protocols, our procedures, and we are trained. Our staff is trained. We prepare our, our staff. Our first responders prepare for this as well, too, and trust that, you know, we will make sure we do everything to protect their students, and, you know, we just, they need to reassure their students that, you know, school districts and first responders are prepared to address these situations. Thank you so much for addressing it on the air. Dr. Susan Harkin, Community Unit District 300 Superintendent, talking about the swatting call that came into Dundee Crown High School. Not many people want to talk about these calls, but they're becoming more prevalent. Lauren's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Chicago.